people deluded i'm back again welcome to another edition of the deluded podcast thank you for watching or listening better yet however you're listening to this whether it's through spotify the actual anchor.fm i believe app apple podcasts however you're doing it it's appreciated um yeah don't really know how to kick off this podcast because I must admit I'm in a lot of minds with Arsenal's obviously defeat against Manchester City. We're obviously going to get on to that. Um, do you know what? Let's start off with the Arsenal news. Let me just get all the Arsenal news out of my system. The first one is obviously Mikel Arteta. Apologies for the rustling. As you know, each day it seems to be another rumour in relation to Mikel Arteta. Um just bring you up to speed briefly, it looks like he is going to become Arsenal manager. Saying that, I'm sure you've seen earlier today, um, I believe Arsenal chief Vinay and Hosfami, well the two chiefs, you obviously saw them leaving um, Mikel Arteta's mansion around 1am or so. Which leads me to first, my first question would be, how did the media know to be there? Did the, did the, did the board purposely leak that? Did someone purposely leak that? Because... Who is going to know that? Unless somebody, someone's got to have leaked that. Someone could have leaked it from the City camp or Arteta's advisors or Arsenal's advisors. Someone's got to have leaked that because how was it perfectly set up that they caught Vinay coming out of that house or whatever into the Mercedes and whatnot? Um, so it looks like Arteta is nailed on to be our manager. Um, ironically, he was at the Emirates, obviously watched his side or his current employees presently, president, pres, presently, presently is the right word defeat us at what being Arsenal um in relation to Arteta and coming you've seen it develop over time actually since I've got home apparently there is a third interview saying that it, it appears to be a case of dotting the i's and crossing the t's because allegedly it just requires John Cronkay's seal of approval I guess his son just gives his approval and his dad will sanction it clearly our search or whether we've we've actually did this 12 or eight man shortlist thing it, it has been done Arteta it looks like he's going to be the manager um nothing is done until it's done but it looks like he's going to be the manager you heard there was a two-hour briefing or so when Vinay and that lot did come out of 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 the mansion it was due to being in talks the first glaring thing people will say is Arteta's inexperience now before I kind of waffle on about that I would say we've you're, you're, you're completely right to mention it. I've mentioned it as well and it is a concern. But on the same basis, when we look at it, beyond Pochettino, Allegri, Rodgers, these managers were never coming to Arsenal. I do think all of these managers will hear what Arsenal have to say and hear out Arsenal as a club. But when they look beyond the glamour of Arsenal and the enticingness on trying to bring us back to, the, to where we was and they look at the current squad... More so, they look at the board. Okay, being a head coach, keyword head coach is one thing, but are they going to be backed? We have spent money. We, we have been spending money. We have one of the highest wage bills in the league. We're severely mismanaged. Um, as, as poor as Emery was, you look at some of the signings, David Luiz, um, Dennis Suarez, five million loan spell. We've wasted some players. Obviously, we've brought in the likes of Pepe. They haven't been hitting the ground running through some fault of his own and obviously tactically. So it is a bit of both. The coaches and the players have to work together. and But also the boardroom, you're thinking what's going on because the spine of this side is appalling. Brendan Rodgers, do you think he would be able to do what he's doing at Leicester now with this current side? Look at the, the players he had to work with. He's a great coach. I'm not belittling him. But do you get it? Why would they... Why would Pochettino, who's just left Spurs, come here if there's not going to if they're not given proper assurances about money and the project? The same goes for Allegri. The same goes for Rodgers. The same goes for Arteta to a slight degree. But no disrespect to Arteta, I'm pretty sure the financial budgets and 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 projects these managers were seeking Arteta right now doesn't really have a foot to stand on. Arteta would probably be cheaper in terms of wages as well. And Arteta, I'm not saying he's desperate because he could get the Everton role. There's talk of the City role. But the chance to be a manager in his own right, somewhat, it being his first job and where Arsenal is right now, for all the question marks about him and his credentials and whatnot, people aren't going to ask questions, expect fireworks from now if he was to take over today until May because the squad is poor. You'd think of what his immediate expectations would be. You can't really think of many. You'd probably just have to get your Europa League and install a philosophy, which is what we want to see. Um, so these managers, the project at Arsenal isn't good enough right now for these for people that are in great 
positions like Rodgers to even think about leaving Leicester or, or Pochettino to even consider the or simply a ludicrous move from Spurs, well, ex-Spurs to Arsenal in, in so quickly time. Allegri, why would he Why would he want to come here? There's clearly not real ambition. Obviously, Arteta, he, he might have had some bad feelings after missing out on the road, but he'd want to grab this with both hands. And you've heard we've been in talks allegedly for a couple of weeks now, whether that's true or not. Clearly, the inexperience is a massive thing and and this is where the board have to play a role because Arteta, no manager is going to be perfect. No manager can do it alone. Look at Wenger. Look how he, how he was with David Dean and without David Dean. He had someone to kind of save him from his madness. You need that. Um, as much as I think Emre did things wrong, I don't think he was helped out a lot when you look at the signings of Licksteiner when he's calling for a right back. He's calling actually for a central midfielder. It's not arriving. Yes, he's got Ceballos, but we're talking about... a combative sort of figure as poor as Emre was and clearly wasn't the man and failed to introduce some playing style the board didn't really help him and the board have to work in tandem with Arteta bringing identifying players that can improve this even more so because he is inexperienced you're going to need to surround him with a good support network because Arteta he probably listen he's been following Pep and been a kind of second in command for a while so he knows what being a manager entails but it's different when you have that role he's going to need to bring in coaching staff that he can trust because fundamentally he'll have to lead the coaching sessions but when we get into the swing of it do you honestly think you know Emre and all of these managers lead every single coaching session so he's going to need to bring in a team that he can trust to bring that to a same standard and have opinions he can trust and obviously he's going to need to bring in the tactical analysis and all of these sort of guys and whatnot and I hope they help him because of his experience they're going to need to surround him with other positions in inexperience and they're going to really need to really help him out in terms of recruitment because this can go extremely well this can go extremely wrong for Arsenal because of the inexperience um, obviously experience and a, and a strong CV doesn't necessarily grant success maybe this could be in Arteta's sort of hands people in a sense that nobody really expects anything of him he can make this his own I do think there is a danger. I do think Arteta deserves Arsenal fans' support at the minimum. He, anyone in his position would jump up to take his role. Don't believe me. How many are you in roles where you'd love to get promoted or earn a better salary or do something different? So I think he deserves our support. Sadly, I do feel some Arsenal fans and fans in general, we live in a day and age of agendas and certain people don't believe Arteta's up to task and he might prove he's not up to task similar to Emre and we nip it in the bud. But he deserves a chance if it is going to be him. Whether it should be a exper more experienced manager is another case and I'm not saying you're wrong people but that's a question for the board and how much due diligence they really did in, in their search for another manager. Pardon <coughs> me people. Apologies, I just sneezed. Apologies. But it, re it really is how, the how they do their due diligence really and truly. Like he needs to be backed up because he is inexperienced. I've told you lot previously I think that's where the game is going and also... All I want from Arteta, first and foremost, obviously improve us defensively and the obvious people. But I want to see a clear philosophy. If Emre had his time again, I'm pretty sure he probably would concede he was weak in the mind of having convictions in his own ideas. I know he had stubbornness to play free at the back and play playing out from the back. But really, he didn't stick to a philosophy and then deviate when games um, were there. Obviously, defensively, we need to improve. I'm not going to sit here and list the obvious weak points in this Arsenal side that we need to improve. But fundamentally, I need a clear way of playing from him. What I like about him is, obviously, I want to see that. You hear the work he's done with Sterling and things like that. If he can help Saka, Nelson, Martinelli, not just become better wingers, but get into more effective areas where they're going to change the game. Look at the development of Raheem Sterling. He's a better player, he's a more confident player, but he's equally got the same skill set. He's just in, and he his striking is better, but he does have them comical finishes. Um but he's scoring more goals because he's getting into more dangerous areas. He's not he's not happy with just doing skills out wide. Mo Salah at Liverpool, together with Klopp's coaching, the same people. So if he can do that with some of these players, and, and for me, Pepe as well, because if he can get in more dangerous areas as he develops, it'd be better. So he scores more goals because Pepe is not the finished article. When you hear things like that, when you're hearing he basically two times now against Arsenal, he's basically led the team in all but name doing the tactical stuff. Like last season when Bernardo Silva scored, this is all good. This is all promising. You want to hear he's got a clear way of playing. 
the La Masia. Obviously, he's Spanish. Hopefully, he brings Jabby Alonso with him, a good friend of his in his coaching staff. He's Spanish, La Masia. He's, he speaks English, French, Spanish. He's been under Pep. He's played under Avenga. This all makes for a great someone with Arsenal's pure values. And for the hipsters, it sounds great, people. It sounds like Arsenal are going to get back to playing lovely football 100 passes. The dangerous thing, though, is I hope he does all of that. And I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm not saying he does. I'm saying this because we don't know what the hell he does right now because he hasn't managed. For all we know, I don't think he will be, but he could be a Spanish Tony Pulis. He could like long balls. You don't get it. So we need to be careful with the portrayal of what we're giving him. Um, certain fans will be harsh and say the stuff I just mentioned with improving players and the coach and stuff. They'll say that's all great, but laying out cones for Pep Guardiola doesn't mean you're a mess coach. And that's a, listen, that's harsh. Football is harsh. You're allowed to have that, that concern. He hasn't got experience, really hasn't got a leg to stand on. It can go terrible. It can go good. I'm just saying, if he is going to be the manager and we're getting to this point, you can critique the board for, 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 for obviously not bringing in the right manager or whatever you want to say, but Arteta deserves a chance. It could go wrong and people could say, I told you so. It could go right. We just have to hope it. We just have to hope being a former player, being under Pep, being what we think he likes to play like, um, that he's someone that likes to, that wants to make Arsenal a side that can play football again, beyond the obvious needing to be able to defend. What I want to see beyond actually getting back to Arsenal's core values on the football field, pressing. When I see that City team, they press together and whatnot. The defend, the strikers are the first line of defence. Do you get it? the the goalkeeper in the back line is the first is the first line of attack. Um, we're a long way away from being City, but these boys have been playing out from the back. If we can play out from the back with a purpose, if we can press on a coordinated thing, it would be great for us. You heard even Kevin De Bruyne come out and say they knew they knew once they beat Arsenal's front three or attacking players, um, four if you count and if you count Ozil the attacking mid team, um, that they're basically going to bulldoze our midfield. If we can improve on that and 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 better that, we'd be a decent team. And this all starts. This is all going to happen with two things. One, Arteta needs to have a, three things. Arteta needs to have a a clear way of playing. The board supporting him in all aspects, from recruitment to flushing out players he can't move in move with, to identifying short and long term goals, to obviously um helping him with bringing in additions and any any problems he backroom additions and any problems he might have as a novice manager like i said it's only going to work if we move together people so that's one thing if they back him if he has a clear philosophy and, and he identifies quickly what we need to improve and he has a clear philosophy if he's backed and the players buy into it now there's we know a lot of these players specifically the center halves are not good enough people the midfield is a joke but the defenders are not good enough they're Coaching is a big part of this role. Now, we're not going to be able to get City or Manchester Manchester United money. Coaching, improving certain players that we don't think can be improved and improving players that we might give up on is something Arteta, like Emery, we say, I was saying Emery needed to do, Arteta also needs to do. But he needs to be back. The spine of this side is terrible. These players are uncoachable and to be honest, it could be good if they if they support Arteta. If not, you he hasn't got that experience to, to to lean upon because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. It's gonna be his first role. Um he, he's obviously seen the highs and lows of Pep Guardiola and probably seen times of self-doubt with Pep Guardiola, but he hasn't been there himself. He hasn't been in the position himself. He hasn't had a hundred and things to do himself. He hasn't had to be the coach and then also read reports and also probably have one eye, eye on negotiations and then also in as well as trying to lead sessions and thinking about what they want to improve think about you might have three games in a week like Arsenal you had West Ham Standard Liège and United City sorry you'd like to think we've done our due diligence a week before but that's imagine you wanted to get better insight in all three teams that's however many hours of footage individually watching games or players or defensive set pieces or attacking threats that these op these teams might have you cannot be everywhere at all times so he's going to need a support network Clearly, we didn't bring in staff because Arteta, which looks like it's going to be an appointment. Um, we didn't bring in staff to help Lomberg because there's going to be recruitment. But even Lomberg was hang out to dry. The man was begging him publicly saying, I need some help um, in terms of the back room to do what I want to do. You've got Mursaka, who is our head of development on the, on, on the touchline. Obviously, that's all good if it's an interim basis, but he's essentially doing two jobs. To a degree, it does become quite comical how a world-class organisational football club like Arsenal is being allowed to run like it's KFC or McDonald's where the staff don't really care for the club people. So he's going to he's going to need support. I'd actually like to keep Lomberg in the setup as well. I think immediately in the first team environment, 
um, Arteta, Lundberg, maybe even Mursaka to a degree put into that position and obviously some other coaches. Um, be interested to see who comes in in terms of goalkeeping coaches and whatnot. My biggest thing is that fans, you know fans talking agenda. Certain fans don't want Arteta already. So the minute he loses or whatever, they want to be like, ha, I told you so. Dus, 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 dus. And that's, I think that's a sickness. Like Arteta might not work out. If it doesn't work out, let's nip it in the bud. If it works out, great. But he deserves an opportunity if it is believed that he's going to be. And I say that because if he's going to get the role, what can you do? You can sing into your blue in the face about he's not the man, he ain't got experience. All of these points are valid. But what can you do? You can't begrudge Arteta for seeing an opportunity and taking it. You can't begrudge him because some experienced managers might have ducked out from it, people. And thought, I don't want to put my reputation on the line. What's the point? I wouldn't begrudge him for that because if I'm a manager, people, like I said at the start, if I'm Allegri or Poch or whatever and Arsenal phone me, I'm going to listen first and foremost because it's Arsenal. I'm going to be enticed with trying to get them back on track, the young players, this and that. But when I get down to the nitty and gritty of what short, long term and, and medium term we're trying to do, if I'm getting iffy replies from, from the people in charge and I'm looking at the track record of the mismanagement and I'm looking at that, Certain managers who have had issues, they haven't been alone and I'm not really seeing us move together from the owner to me. You're going to be like, nah, listen, I'd rather sit on my hands, man. Bayern Munich might Bayern Munich might come for me or this team might come for me or that might come for me. Brendan Rodgers, such is football, he could get sacked by Leicester next year. I don't, I don't wish that on him. But if Leicester were fighting relegation next year, they'd review it. That's the nature of the game. But why would he take that? In another world, if Arsenal were all moving in tandem, he might be enticed to take that risk. But right now, it's a no-brainer between that stability at Leicester, that intent from Leicester, Leicester renewing contracts, holding on to players, flushing out Deadwood, challenging for top four, inspire inspiration from the fans to the players. Why would you want to give that up? People people said it was a brave step and it was to leave Leicester for, for Celtic. Do you get it? So if he truly believes in a project, he will make he will keep it moving, for instance. Roger keep it moving. Many people are like, oh why you leave Celtic? That's Champions League, European football, Leicester don't know you're gonna get. He believed in this thing. He saw a core group of players. Um obviously Arteta and Rogers they're in a different world in terms of experience, but that's the platform you need to give a man. There's no point bringing in this man and you're not gonna help him because this team is a shambles. He's got a million things to do, people, really and truly. Hopefully, it's a signed-off thing. You also heard, allegedly, based on what I've seen online, that Arsenal wanted to conduct two interviews with two people today, people. Well, this week, people. And it's just come down to Arteta now. We're just trying to intensify that. Whether that's any name, whether that's Carlo Ancelotti, who knows? There is reports Carlo Ancelotti is in talks with Everton as I make this video, people. But Guillaume Balagay's tweeted that currently Ancelotti's with his wife in Rome so I don't know for any of that people if it's if it's at all true or whatnot um so we'll see man I do feel like, I hope Arteta is the manager that we portray him to be and whatnot people um but we'll see moving on and staying with the Arsenal news Sam Allardyce is and you can't begrudge him for saying this people Sam Allardyce he's spitting the truth he did make some comments about Aubameyang that I haven't had but he said they need to bond and connect as a squad. Someone needs to get in the dressing room. I could come and work on Arsenal's defence and make them better tomorrow. Not a problem whatsoever. And as mad as it is, he would. If you could bring in, I don't know, a Chris. If you could, if Chris Wilder left Celtic, left Sheffield United, sorry, or you got um, Big Sam specifically, just just what? Just, just you're not a manager. You're not a manager, but just work with these lot in training, defensive drills only. That's what. Because I mean, Big, you don't want Big Sam doing attacking drills, but purely defending he'll be able to do it we i don't know if that's a thing arsenal are going to look into or arteta might have someone on it of his own book because it's not uncommon for coaches to have and managers or head coaches to have coaches that sit beneath them that you specialize in set pieces you're attacking you're defensive everything from set pieces to analysis all this thing that's you so if Arteta, and I think it would be smart, if we could bring in someone where Arteta can tell the team how he wants to defend out of possession, in possession, just defend either way. But if there's someone that can lead even greater drills in that, that's what you're hoping for. That's what we heard um, Calcedo, I believe, was actually doing under Una Emre at Arsenal. And whether these players are uncoachable or whether he was actually doing stuff's um, a different thing. But I do know for a fact there were some coaching sessions. I'm not going to speak any more than I need to but you evidently see him telling players and I've kind of seen it with my own eyes telling players where to be and doing defensive drills over a sustained time he has coached them and they failed to do it which is why I'm kind of saying some of these players need to keep it moving I'm not going to talk 
extend any more points on that. And obviously, we sit seven points from relegation, people. Our worst run um, in general, specifically, we've gone six games at home without a win. Um, last seen under George Graham, a, another great manager at Arsenal after Venk, well, before Wenger. I mean, after Wenger in terms of, I've mentioned Wenger previously in this podcast. But um, that, that run which Gigi found himself in was in December 1994 to February 1995. I know I've got a lot of listeners that are older than me and viewers on YouTube that are older than me. So you lot can probably reminisce and get in nightmares firsthand of that people. Another sickening one is that Un these players look defeat as great as City are for example like you saw last last night well yeah last night people City are a great side but when we cut the crap you lot that have played Sunday League and play football you know football is a game where it's just 22 players or whatever trying to score more goals if you believe if you have a defeative attitude in short people you're going to lose these games and we handed it to City City were at 40% great attacking moves but why did they score them three goals De Bruyne is two, Sterling's, because we were poor out of position. We actually lost the ball in all three incidences and they picked us apart. I told you a lot in my previews. They're a great team on the ball. We're a terrible team on and off the ball. We're one of the worst teams in the league off the ball. They're one of the best teams on the ball. This is a game of chess. It was a game of chess and we lost. They were playing chess. We played checkers. What do you think is going to happen, people? We need to really fix up. But to only have six shots shows me, on top of just being poor defensively and giving them their goals, defeative attitude I, I said it in one of my vids you never got the feeling Uno Emre wanted to win a game of football and you get that with these Arsenal players they might I'm not saying they want to go out there and lose but they've got no grit they've got no tenacity and you can't you can we can improve defensively we can do all of these things that we hope Arteta installs but if these players cannot fight everything's pointless it, everything's pointless why do you think Sheffield United are doing so well obviously great coaching great intelligence from the players to take on the knowledge the coaching staff has given them but fundamentally, they buy into the tactics and from the last minute to the end, they fight. These, I always say to players, you got to, well, when I used to coach to grassroots players, play football. Yeah, I, I can be hard on you and say the implications of winning and losing. But at short, it's just a game of football. Go out there with clarity first and foremost and go out there and play football like you physically, through being disabled or something, won't be allowed to play. Play like somebody said you'll never kick a game of football, uh, play a game of football kickable ever again. I don't see that in, in, in Arsenal players because for me that means trying your best, laying everything in the ring, giving every inch of sweat. And if we lost 3-0 to City, which would have happened if we played well, what could I say? I could say, boy, I'll be sitting there and saying, boy, like I've seen City play against some side. City have smoked some teams, Liverpool too, in the Premier League this season, people. But the teams haven't been poor. They just lost to the better men. And for me, what can I say as an Arsenal fan? That's all I want to get to. It's like, boy, my guys were soldiers in the trenches. They fought until the last whistle. City got some good players. They're amazing. And that's, that statement about them players are amazing is true. But it's self-inflicted problems it's def and, and defeative attitude from start to finish people in terms of Arsenal. As great as other players are, we're poor. We only had six shots, people. Um, Aubameyang only had eight touches, people. Now, Aubame eight, 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 eight touches, people, um, in the game, three of which were kickoffs and none coming in the opposition's box. Our, now, Aubameyang needs to improve and at the end of the day... He's a top player. And that's another thing. Players in all positions need to want to make the difference at this team. Smell blood and want to stand up to be counted. You only had eight touches. That's not the. That's obviously a lot of it's tactics and whatnot. And we'll get on to that. But Abamian was just straight up poor. But at the same time, you know Abamian's not about that general play. He's on that last shoulder. Balls in behind. He plays better when, also, when almost there's decoys. When there's other players that are potentially greater in terms of technique. And the, the, the opposition defence is, is occupied with them. He exploits that. We don't play to his strengths. And if we know what he's about, we're not trying to get the ball up to him. And a lot of our problems, as much as we've don't have balance with our attack and our defence is poor in many incidences. Midfield, we don't press together. There's too much gaps in terms of positioning. We don't follow runners. We're not tenacious or mobile enough. Like Gwendozi's good, but he's and he get he goes through spells of consistency. But you know, there's when he plays terrible, he plays terrible and it is frustrating. He's a young player. Um if he earns his spot like he has done at times this and last season he earns it, but he really shouldn't be first choice at this moment in time. Joel Willett needs to be worked on and coached as well. And I'm hoping that Arteta and Lomberg, if he stays on at Arsenal, does that. Do you get it? Torreira is my guy. I've got a lot of time for Torreira. I don't mind Xhaka, but Xhaka is just not my cup of tea. He's a squad player at best. And he kind of sums up Arsenal um, in midfield. 
Jack, not to scapegoat, and I'm not trying to scapegoat him. You all know Jacques's pros do not outweigh his cons. If Jacques was extremely naive and all of the problems I have in midfield with him, but he was a great tackler or he's great in terms of dictating the tempo of the game or he's getting goals and assists, then I'm sure that them pros would outweigh the cons. You know he would be poor defensively or whatever. He's He's got the pass on him. He's got that long-range pass and at times he is scapegoated and he has played fairly well since he's been back from his little, you know, vacation because of what happened. But I'm using him to sum up Arsenal's midfield. We're quite weak. We're just weak. It's not even about height for me because look at Kante. He's tenacious. We're not tenacious. It's like too many players in this team are on this poetry and motion thing or want to play like that in a day and age where it's tenacious. It's not... I think in England, in, in Premier League specifically, people, myself included, get gassed off running for the sake of it and flying into tackles. Other nations and other cultures, that's seen as not intelligent. It's seen as utilising your space. Mesut Ozil polarised his opinion. Eric Cantona did at a time. Dennis Burkamp did. And so did um, Berbatov. They all probably exert energy in different ways and probably the best examples of highlighting what I mean. Zidane as well. But we've probably got to get back to that, people. We've got a lot wrong with the club and until we improve, it's not going to get any better. On the transfer front, um, apparently Samore from Lille's apparently allowed to leave um, in January for 40 to 60 million. The Arsenal have the bans for that, I don't know. Um, hopefully we can do a little thing because I, I think he's that 20-year-old is going to only get better. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be quality this, that and the other, but I do believe he'd be a good addition to us people. Um Moving on from that as well, though, people, apparently, well, same reports are saying Napoli have made an offer for Torreira. They're willing to pay £3 million um, pounds to get him on loan for 18 months with an obligation to buy for £27 million. Now, for me, that's an absolute joke. I'm not going to spend any more on that topic, people. Apologies as I was turning off the camera. I had it recording the Arsenal business. I wish I had a camera that I could just press roll and then edit the clips out, but... We don't have them money for them thing there. So we're just working with what we have. But moving away, and apparently Chelsea have first refusal on Nathan Ake, people, um, and can spend £40 million on him. Keen to see what happens in his future, because it does seem like Bournemouth have had a woeful season and he is going to keep it moving, people. Um, you're in City, Spurs, all looking at him. So he's going to cost a pretty penny and Bournemouth are going to make a decent penny on him. I've come across an article on The Athletic about in relation to Brexit and the transfer window, so I might as well read parts of it, people. Um, Premier League sides are not only intensifying preparations for the upcoming transfer window, but also keeping a close eye on the one after that and beyond. Representatives from each of the 20 clubs will use the next shareholders meeting on February the 6th to decide when the summer market should be shut based on three options. The first is the status quo, whereby inward recruitment stops before the season starts, but outward movement to foreign leagues can continue until the training periods finish. The second is the previous system of a deadline of all business from late August or early September, which in keeping with other major European competitions. The alternative is a hybrid model that would see domestic transfers cease before the campaign begins, but the cutoff for overseas deals extended to match rival countries. It would appear relatively straightforward, but behind the scenes, a somewhat chaotic picture is emerging as different clubs and individuals within them, apologies people, I lost where I was, within them lobby for different outcomes with factors such as Brexit further implicating the matter. Um, it's also gone on to say one top executive describes the issue as a hotchpot adding you need people who have an idea one day and by the next day yeah, sorry you speak to people who have an idea one day and the next day it is the complete opposite another source said it's a nightmare involving splits between the so-called big clubs and the lower ones down the table the problem stems from the fact that when the window was alter was altered was altered, I mean, I can't read, was altered in 2018. Premier League size presumed the rest of Europe would follow suit. However, clearly and sure, I don't need to read the rest. It did not happen, people. Obviously, the lack of clarity overall, all industries, whether it's sport, entertainment, small and medium businesses all over the country and abroad are having issues understanding specifically what 
specifically what Brexit is, people. And I mean, it is quite it, Brexit is quite a scary prospect, both in society and in football, because, again, I don't know specifically how visas will work, but we had a good thing going in terms of interchanging through European countries, as for me with a Burgundy British passport already, people. Will that complicate matters? Will, will Premier League clubs first and foremost... I don't know, like in football managers, sometimes you see a, li a limit on foreign players or more, even greater emphasis on homegrown players. You could say that might have a benefit to academy players, but we're not going to go down that route. Are they going to do that? Also, you need to, I, I think as as a British society in terms of Brexit, we look a bit inwards as to what necessarily it means for what we're getting. You can't look outwards. You look at Jaden Sanjo, you look at J Amici of, of Hamburg. There's been several British, English young players um, that have gone abroad and tried their hands at, at breaking through at foreign clubs. Depending on what happens in terms of the geopolitical landscape, could logic would tell you that it could be harder for English or British young players to move over everywhere. Similar to it being away from football. I don't know, an English law student who wants to live in Spain for a year and then go to... Um, Amsterdam or whatever it could be it could be 10 times harder for him to do it and it just like the lack of clarity listen as a society Brexit is here whether I wanted it you wanted it or not we are here we need to get through it there's give and take I think people have got to accept that there is give and take there is going to be no winner of Brexit it's a simply negotiations now we're going to lose a lot you have to try and gain a lot you have to try and lose what's kind of irrelevant. You have to try and keep the most relevant parts. And if I'm any European club, I mean European club, European country, you're going to make it extremely difficult because potentially you might want to make an example of England or anyone who wants to leave the union, which potentially is a sinking ship with all the nationalism and far right business and, and all of this stuff, which is really misplaced and energy. You should be proud of your nation and where you're from. But let's be honest, it's just simply a rise of nationalism and far rightism. And as much as people can say there's legitimate claims over immigrants and things like that, Let's be honest, it is governments all over the world taking from these individuals with one hand and blaming it with another on immigrants or individuals. It is they're robbing like they they're robbing you with one hand and if for instance look at our own place. How many places up north has um obviously London's got a lot. Let's be honest, there's a lot of jobs in London, it's the heart I wouldn't say it's the it's the economic heartbeat of England to a degree. Yes, there's places up north and there's manufacturers and whatnot, and even with Brexit it could complicate matters ten times more. But I'd say a lot of towns in rural places all over England could feel forgotten. There's places that ain't even got internet. Places that ain't got... Do you see what I'm saying? People that ain't got internet. People that... There's, there's, there's no roles and whatnot. This is all from the government's lack of innovation, lack of building houses, closing all sorts of social housing and social projects and, and actually closing youth clubs. Obviously, closing schools are closed. Schools are being opened all over, but schools' resources from from number of school places to just money is being stretched. All industries, food banks rising. People are feeling forgotten about, and a lot of the anger is misplaced, and they want to blame someone else, or they don't have the competency to actually research why they're angry. Um, do, do, do you know a lot of the, it's just like when people are voting for Trump. A lot of people say, "Yeah, Trump build the wall," and then they realize some of oh, he wants to build the wall. But he also wants to take your free healthcare that you're too poor to really pay for, no disrespect. But you're saying other people are doing that. Then it's, oh, Trump, this and that. I don't really feel, I, I feel sorry for Britain, of course, but I don't really feel sorry for anybody that votes and then gets realised that I want to take back my vote because politicians shouldn't lie. But we live in a day and age where politicians, they all they want to do is just, is just, give empty promises, they're, they're not interested in, very few politicians are interested in helping individuals, it's all about what they can get, it's real life for us, and that's why I kind of hate the current government and governments in general in England, because um, it's just a game, we find ourselves in this Brexit mess where people's lives on the line, people's businesses that export and import over European countries are all, all here, largely because David Cameron just wanted to, for his own bravado, wanted to bet that he could give the, the, the nation this option of leaving Europe and keep us in it. For Boris Johnson, it's just a game. For all these people, it's just a game. And to be honest, that's where I want to get to in life. Not that it's just a game, but it's just, for me, I I know the government's never going to help me. As much as I feel the government should help and there's legitimate claims and you look at policing, you look at policing, you look at ambulance, you look at all these things, all the sources, all these things are being 
are being are being cut, resources are being bled dry while the rich get richer and these politicians, you look at Theresa May, what shares does her husband have in organisations, people, specifically pharmaceuticals? That's another thing I don't want to harp on about. But the NHS is being bled dry. And for me, that's what really scares me with the NHS because it is unsustainable. Personally, I am looking at private healthcare and potentially we are going to have to pay some sort of additional money into that beyond just paying our taxes and our health insurance and things like that people in, into it all industries are scared people in certain companies are moving certain people are holding back investment think about it logically if if businesses if there's a banging business in in london well let, i don't i don't care to give an example in relation to what they might do but if there's a banging business in london and they happen to do business overseas let's just say their business is, is doing well what happens if your business is doing well? You need to expand. You might need more people to help build your product. You might need more customer service staff. You might need to expand to meet with demand. What does that generate? Money, jobs, to get it. The Brexit thing now, people think about it logically. If I'm a business owner and I, something might, impl- like, I, I don't know, I trade something to Spain, but now there might be more costs on how I trade my stuff to Spain, making less profit for me. I might sit there and be like, rock. I was going to invest in some, I wasn't going to need to recruit some more staff. I was going to buy buy um, land to make more projects or whatever. But I'm not going to do that now because I don't know if I'm going to lose money. Do you get what I'm saying, people? It, it's, it's crazy. I don't necessarily believe, I don't believe in Tories one bit. I don't believe in Labour one bit. I feel my policies tend to the centre, people, because if the right wing had all their choices, then there'd be nothing for people who don't. If the left had it, then the left would just be handing out everybody's money all willy-nilly don't get me wrong society needs to help those that don't have anything and personally i don't earn a lot but i would have no problems paying more taxes but i don't want it to become to a degree like i believe cuba was i don't know if it is now where if you're a doctor or no disrespect to bin lady you more or less get paid the same and i feel that kills innovation i don't think everybody should get paid the same i feel everyone should be paid well and you should treat people with respect but if people risk it more and show more guts and glory then you should be rewarded more you shouldn't necessarily be taxed or just automatically have to be taxed because you've got more money let's be honest a lot of solutions in life people are just like tax the rich tax the rich tax the rich that doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense and i don't believe in none of these governments and if there's a lack of clarity in football Football teams are going to keep investing, but you could imagine what that means for other nations, not other nations, other businesses elsewhere. I've been harping on a lot about Brexit, people. Apologies. So let's actually get back to some Arsenal news that I missed out. Pepe's had something to say on Arsenal, people, and he said, we have won only one game out of the last 12. It's not good enough. We are Arsenal. It's not about us, not the coach or anything else. We have to wake up quickly, starting against Everton. Pepe, I like your attitude and I'm not faulting you, but Arsenal players have said that a lot of times and we're waiting to see a reaction. Freddie tries hard. He talks to us, but nothing has changed in terms of results. It's down to us, the players, not the coach. Freddie is close to us because he used to be a player not too long ago. He knows what we feel, so it's easier for us to talk with him. We will continue to work hard to make things better and win again. We are not disturbed by the managerial situation. I had a similar situation in Lille and we kept going. With hard work, we will get better with Freddie or someone else. Positive attitude, Pepe, and that's what I like to hear. The problem is I don't believe... I believe in you. I believe you mean that because you just come to the club, but some of your teammates simply are cowards. That's the only That's the only way to put it. I'm not going to lie to you. Only Some of your teammates are just simply cowards, my guy. Um... Moving on, and I've actually started recording on my camera and I hope it doesn't come out, but I'm not going to go into it. But sadly, I've heard the Hertha Berlin and Hertha Berlin under 16 players sadly suffered racial abuse. My thoughts are with him. Not that it's less important or I mean more important, but you've seen <laughs> And like you just heard people, you heard my camera go. Um, apologies. One day you won't hear that, but... Um, Moving on with racism, people, and you've actually heard Italy or Syria has has had a problem with racism, people, and I must admit I'm having a problem getting my head around this logic. If you haven't seen it, long story short, before I talk, they're using apes or monkeys as part of pictures to speak about racism. Now it's monkey, like some ape, in different kits with the teams in the league and obviously the respective teams will display such but i just can't get my head around it like it just 
Do I really need to tell you why that's probably the wrong option, people? It's like it's like telling people to put down guns and but you're showing you're using a cowboy advert to advertise that showing him bossing his gun and stuff. It's a bit silly. We know Italian society and football has a long way to go in terms of solving their issues with racism. So I'm not going to continue with my own thoughts. I'm just going to let you hear the somewhat logic people. This is what they've said, people, or the I believe the actual artist. For an artist, there is nothing more important than trying to change people's perceptions via their work. With this trio, with this trio of paintings, I tried to show that we are all complex and fascinating creatures who can be happy or sad, Catholic, Muslim or Buddhist. But at the end of the day, what decides who we are is not the colour of our skin. I had to pause because, okay. Okay, but you've more like, you've just said black people are apes. You have said that art comes from the heart. You have mentioned Muslim, Catholic, Buddhist. I guarantee you wouldn't bring no... no. If I told you to think of a Catholic or think of your priest, you're not going to draw him. Or think of an African or Caribbean priest, you would draw them as a monkey. But if I ask you to draw an Italian one, you're not going to draw it as one. So I think this is stupid. Like Art comes from the heart. Your first inclinations was to do this. So this shows you what you think of black people. You're basically saying that it don't matter if you're Catholic, Muslim, Buddhist or ape, we're all the same. Like It, it, does, it doesn't make sense. It, it it it's genuinely baffling, people. It's 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 genuinely baffling. So let's just hear what the Serie A have had to say in relation to their stance against racism, people, because it's ridiculous. The general manager Luigi De Servo said Simeone's paintings fully reflect the values of fair play and tolerance. So we'll remain in our headquarters. The Liga is taking a strong stand against any form of prejudice. We realize racism is an epidemic problem is is an epidemic problem and very complex so we are facing it on three fronts three fronts culturally via works of art such as Simeone's paintings sportingly through a series of initiatives with players and clubs and also repressive thanks to collaboration with the police by acting on these three levels we are sure that we can win the most important match against this plague that is ruining Ruining well, ruining the world's most important sport. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It it, it doesn't make sense. And I do believe the artist also said, "I am seeing so many people getting angry." If, however, he activates his brain, they activate their brain. Sorry, this is via Google Translate. He would un- they would understand that the image of the monkey indicates a single origin common to all ethnic groups and therefore no longer a symbol of hatred but of union. Those who do not understand it are culturally inferior. Fact, I'm sorry. So I know science says, well, I don't believe in it, but that we're descendants of monkeys. So if that's what you're coming with, then I get the thought process, but obviously it's just stupid. It's, it's just it's just stupid. I'm not going to waste any more time on this just stupid ignorance, people. Really and truly, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I wanted to briefly speak about Moise Keen, people. I felt he was quite harshly done by having 18 minutes on the field in the game against United. But I do think I don't feel Duncan Ferguson was necessarily wrong. I don't think he helped himself with his comments in the post game. But at the end of the day, I can't lie. When Moise Keane came on, I thought to myself, people, they were doing well with hot, with target men like Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. They were, you know, they were, their bodies were being battering rams. They were holding the ball up, especially Calvert-Lewin, cheeky little flicks. Moise Keane, that game is what it was requiring. Moise Keane can't do that. Moise Keane's been in poor form, um, not really adjusted. Um, it was a good vote of confidence to bring him on, but it, it was a recipe for disaster. And I did think the changes were going to harm the team, and it did. Obviously, there was a minute or so to play. He got substituted. It is harsh. But I do, do believe that is football, people. You're given tactics. He showed him confidence bringing him on. You're giving him tactics. You went out there. You failed to do the tactics. You get subbed. Obviously, I, I, my heart bled for him with that walk of shame to the tunnel. For me, that's probably it with him at Everton. I don't know why Duncan Ferguson didn't acknowledge him when he came off is another thing. I hope privately he, he's, he told him that I still believe in you and I sympathise with you, but I, you weren't doing what I needed to do because I, I needed because I do think Keen, Moise Keane needs to hear that. 
There's a reason why his loan spell, I think he went to Verona, wasn't the best. There's a reason why Everton, through no fault, not all his fault, but there's a reason why it hasn't necessarily hit off for him there as well. And he needs to take, I don't know what it is, but it's never just the clubs or whatever. It's the responsibility. You heard allegedly he wasn't even on Marco Silva and all of these people's shortlist in terms of summer recruitments. So if they bought him when they had no real plans for him or real intent based on the fact that for his potential in 25 million, it seemed as a bargain, he's been dealt a shorthand. I still think he's got a lot of potential. I think his situation with Everton is going to end permanently, but they should look to loan him out if if possible, people. Because um, he does need to mature a bit. You hear, I don't think he's got an attitude problem, but you hear lateness. He's, he's very immature. He needs to, if he wants it, he needs to go out there and really understand that, that he's got the talent, but do I want to be good or do I want to be great? Because you'll look back, you'll be 28 and people will say you had the potential to play this, that and the other, but you'll become a journeyman. Potential is just potential and everyone's got potential in today's day and age, people. Um, so I do think it's damaging for his confidence. I do sympathise with him, but from a tactical point of view, the greater collective was Everton getting a point out of there and I felt the conditions weren't for him. Um, and Nias played better than him and clearly did what was required in the brief period he was on. And I do think it was harsh. I obviously do think you could have substituted someone else. But at the end of the day, if you're not doing the job, you're not doing the job. I hope he gets his confidence back, people, because it's, it's out, it must be at all-time low. And this will help him. It might not seem like it now, but it will help him long-term, people, um, in the future. Um, shout out to Liverpool, who I do believe are going to be playing in the Club World Cup against Monterey, I believe. Um, so we'll see how that one goes. Shout out to Klopp for signing a new, a new deal until 2024, which is the same year, I believe, Gerard signed at Rangers. So is Gerard the next one? Obviously, I think it gives out a message to, I don't know if they're in negotiations with existing players about signing new deals in that. Yo, we're going to win the Prem. We've just won the champs. Basically, we might win the champs again. Klopp is staying for time. Why do you want to leave, bro? Equally, that could tell prospective new talents that they might be negotiating with. We've got this banging setup with the players and what we're doing in the league. Klopp is here until 2024. There's some stability. Do you want to come here and be part of this period? Whether Klopp sees out that contract is another thing because football's a funny old game, but it's good. Speaking of them, obviously, they completed a 2-0 victory against Watford. Mane was quality. And Mo Salah was cheeky with his finish, people. Um or finishes better yet um Mane had a goal disallowed for offside no Mane scored a header or was it disallowed I can't even remember but either way they won 2-0 people I watched that game I think Calbesele done quite well for Watford um from a centre-half point of view that was a cheeky finish from Mo Salah like I said um Mo Salah's got eight Premier League goals against Watford more than he's netted against any other team in the big five European leagues I'm sure you must have you must have seven eight against Arsenal Nice to see Arsenal's up there and Arsenal and, and, and Watford's training grounds are next to each other. Probably bo why both teams cannot defend, but is what it is. Shout out to Mane because he's had a hand in nine nine goals in six Premier League appearances against Watford, scoring five and assisting four. With that result, it also means Liverpool have won their last 16 home top flight matches. Um, the last time they did a better run than that was in 1972. Klopp has won seven games against Watford. Um, no sides picked up more competitions that also ranks him level with doing that against Palace I believe you've got to give it to Mo Salah 84 goals in 126 appearances is nothing short of amazing it's concerning for Watford because obviously they've got their ninth different manager to go to Anfield as their boss um, in their first game in charge and they've lost all nine Watford have won just nine points from 17 games this season each of their nine previous teams each of the nine previous teams to accumulate nine points or fewer after 17 Premier League games were eventually relegated. So I'm not sure if I've got any Watford supporters, that's not what they wanted to hear. It's all fun and games for Liverpool, man. Hopefully they don't go undefeated because it's the one thing Arsenal fans have to cling on to. Sheffield United had a good 2-0 victory against Aston Villa, people. That means they've won back-to-back -back Premier League games for the first time since 2006, people. Um... So good on them. Leicester, they stopped winning and they drew 1-1 with Norwich people, but they still remain unbeaten in their nine last nine games and have picked up 25 points, winning nine, winning eight, sorry, and drawing nine. That's ridiculous, people. That means for the first time since last season, they dropped, I mean, since the first time against Wolves at the opening 
weekend this season. They've dropped points at home. I'm sure Liverpool, I'm, probably Leicester fans might be getting unrealistic with their expectations, but I'm sure many Leicester fans would, you know, they didn't lose. It is what it is. Um, Norwich are poor away from home and they've won four points in their last three away games in the top flight, as many as they lost in their last 16. So they have improved, but they are typically poor away from home. Although they managed to get points off Arsenal, which is a given. Puki has been directly involved in 12 Premier League goals this season, bagging nine and with three assists, twice as many as any other Norwich player. So other players probably need to carry it on their back. I could be wrong, people, but I swear Patrick Roberts is a, Patrick Roberts is on loan at Norwich from 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 Manchester City. I could be wrong, people, and I might be wrong. So if I'm gassing, I'm gassing. But I ain't seen nothing from him. Has he got injury? Hasn't hit off. Burnley got an important three points in their one nil victory um, against Newcastle. Um, in two hundred and seven games, they finally stopped an opponent from registering a single shot on on target. So that was poor from Newcastle. Um, each of Burnley's last seven Premier League victories have come without conceding a goal. Newcastle, sadly for them, have lost five of their last seven games in the Premier League away from home after previously having a better run than that where they lost just one of the previous five. Um, so, yeah, shock for Chelsea fans. Bournemouth, Dan Gosling at the death, snatched it for them. And now, obviously, Chelsea, after losing to West Ham, after making solid ground in the top four top four race, sorry, seem to be making it harder for themselves, people. Um they've lost their they've lost Chelsea have lost two of their last three games at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League. They had a better run in their previous twenty six. Um Chelsea have now failed to score in two of their last three games at the bridge after scoring fourteen in the previous consecutive games. Um scoring fourteen consecutive home games previously, better yet, people. Chelsea have lost five of their 14 home games in all competitions this season, which is also negative. Bournemouth had just two shots on target in the game. So that just shows you it's about being clinical. And it's Dan Gosling's first goal since April, which is also um, in what was his first start of the season. So moving on from that, people, you also had, I do believe there's a Monday league game today. So I'm obviously not going to speak about that. I thought Spurs would lose, but they got an important three points against Wolves. Now, Wolves take good points off the top six, so it's a very good performance from Spurs. Credit where due. Um, Wolves suffered their, suffered just their third home defeat in the top flight in 2019. They've drawn six and won nine people. And their first defeat since back in September where they lost 5-2 to Chelsea. Um, so, yeah. Spurs have won two of their last three away games under Jose. They failed to do better than that in their last 14 on the potch. So he's immediately, at least right now, identified a clear problem. Um, Jose hasn't lost any of his last 54 Premier League home games when his side has scored the opening goal since losing 3-1 as Chelsea boss in 2015. Um... Following a run of scoring in three straight Premier League games, Wolves striker Raul Jimenez has now drawn a blank in each of his last four games. So the fantasy managers must be going mad. Lucas Morris scored three in three and five Premier League games under Jose, so he seems to be moving mad. Um, five of of Jan Vertonghen's six Premier League goals have come away from home, so he likes to score away from his place. So that's the Premier League action done or talking about that done, I believe, people. Well, we've got to speak about Arsenal. I thought I was done, but we've got to speak about Arsenal. United obviously dropped points against Everton, as you know. Manchester United have lost just one of their last 27 home games against Everton. Everton have only won... Have only won... Have only won one of their last Premier 12 Premier League away games. Um, which has been quite poor and I'm sure is poor for their fans to hear. Sadly, and just, just keeping it brief of Arsenal because I've spoken about us, we've obviously lost five of our last Premier League meetings with Manchester City. This is obviously the sixth time sixth time under, under Pep Guardiola in the Premier League that City have beaten Arsenal. Um, I remember a time when this game was kind of a given and it's not anymore. Arsenal have obviously gone six games, sadly, without a win. Um, at the Emirates in all competitions, losing three and drawing three. As stated earlier, when last did we do that under George Graham? 
the great George Graham in 1994 to February 1995, December 94. City, I'm not going to talk about City because they're a great team. I mean, City have scored 25 goals away from home in the league this season. Raheem Sterling netted his seventh goal away from home at, um, in the Premier League. That's already his joint highest return away from home in a league campaign. So Sterling just keeps getting better. Um, Kevin De Bruyne's opener for City, which came very quickly, is the second quickest goal we've conceded after David Healy scored against us at the Emirates in 2007, which was only after 51 seconds. Arsenal managed just one shot on target against City, their joint fewest in a Premier League um, game at the Emirates Stadium. Yeah, which was also only one in 2010 against Everton and twice in 2015 and 16 against Chelsea. Mad thing indeed. The less said about my club, the better, people, because we are unbelievably bad. Finally, let's wrap this up with the Champions League business, people. Let's wrap this up with the Champions League draw. Now, you've seen Tuchel will be returning to Dortmund as PSG boss. That's an interesting game. There are going to be some shocks, but on paper, you're obviously going to say PSG are going to win that. City, after seemingly always getting easy draws, have been drawn against Real Madrid. Pep Guardiola against a familial, familiar opponent. No manager has beaten Real Madrid more than, than Pep Guardiola in all competitions in the 21st century, which is nine. He's actually level with Diego Simeone and Ernesto Valverde of Barcelona. Um... Pep Guardiola's played more t- played Real Madrid more times in his in in his um, managerial career. Um, he's played seventeen times against Madrid people, losing four and drawing four and winning nine. He's played them the most times. From a neutral point of view, Atlanta, after I believe losing their their three their first three games in the group stages, are through in the Champions League and will play against Valencia, um, which will be a good game to see. Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool. Atletico have been in terrible form this season, so you'd probably back Liverpool to do it, but you can't rule anybody else out. Um, when they were when they were previously knocked out in 2010 um, in the knockout stage, it was against Atletico Madrid in the 09-010 Europa League semi-final. Um, Liverpool lost on away goals that day. Chelsea against Bayern Munich. Now, you always look for Chelsea against Barca and Chelsea against Bayern Munich. I mean... From the Champions League finals to the numerous clashes, that's a good game. And Chelsea and Bayern Munich will face each other in the Champions League for the first time since 2012, when obviously Lampard was the captain and Chelsea won 4-3 on penalties. Lyon will play Juventus. Um, Lyon have been in terrible form and sadly have lost Jeffrey Adelaide, who has hurt his ACL, I believe, and is going to be out for, I believe, six or so months. The pay has done the same as well and is going to miss the Euros for Holland and his Leon captain. They're going to miss him. Spurs versus Leipzig. You'd expect Spurs to go through, but hopefully Naguzman can do a number and hopefully Bayern Munich give all of their dossier and all of their statistics on how to beat Spurs and Spurs' weaknesses over to their German um, colleagues. It, I have to say it before, before anybody else does, really. I mean... The last time Spurs won a trophy, RB Leipzig were not a team, people. I had to say it. On a serious note, Spurs have not had the greatest of times playing German opposition in this edition's Champions League, but they faced ten they faced German opposition ten times in the Champions League, more than they faced sides from any other nation. They've lost three, drawn two and won five. This will obviously be the first ever meeting with RB Leipzig and I believe Leipzig can beat Spurs, but I believe Spurs will probably go through. Hopefully not, but I believe Spurs will do it. Um, but you can't underestimate anyone. Napoli against Barca, you'd be forgiven. Again, Napoli are in poor form. Um, and that's probably the game for the purists and neutrals. An exciting game, really, because you don't know what's going to happen. Barcelona will do it, but Napoli will probably be a good game. That and Dortmund, Dortmund against PSG, but... You can't underestimate anyone because the last two times Barcelona have been eliminated from the Champions League has been after facing Italian opposition people. Or the last, um, well, sorry, better yet, because Liverpool took them out. Apologies, I'm messing that up. Last time, the last two times they faced Italian opposition, they've been knocked out. They were obviously knocked out in surprising circumstances in 2017-18. Um, 
against Roma. And obviously in 2016-17, they lost to Juventus people. So that will be an interesting one. In case I haven't mentioned it, I'm not going to list any everyone, but Arsenal have drawn Olympiacos in the Europa League. And I believe they gave a good account of themselves in their group, ironically, against Spurs and Munich. So we'll see what that is saying. I believe Manchester United have been drawn against Club Bruges. So we'll see what has to happen in that game. So yeah, it'll be an interesting one, man. I'm interested to really just see the developments in relation to Arsenal's new manager. But I'm going to get out of here, people. I want to go eat some food, have a shower and just relax. So yeah, podcast done. I'll see you again soon, people. Thank you for watching. If you haven't had enough of me, make sure you're following me on my socials, Deludaguna04 and everything, excluding Snap, which is Deguna04. Make sure you check out my YouTube. Everything's in the description of this podcast. Um, yeah, man, shout out to you however you're watching this and whatnot. Oh, listen, I keep saying watching, listening, but either way, it means a lot. So, yeah, I'm going to get out of it now. DG.